0: Hey, Aisha here. Before we get into the podcast, I wanted to let you know about something that we're trying at Peterborough Currents. As we look ahead into 2021, things are still uncertain, and 2020 has been a heck of a year for Will and I to try and start a business. Uh, and the one thing that we're realizing is to become a sustainable operation, we need the financial support from our audience. And that's why we're asking folks to support our work for 2021 by becoming monthly sustainers. If you head over to peterboroughcurrents.ca slash support us, you can sign up to support our work. It really means a lot to us if you consider contributing, and uh, thank you. Hello, you're listening to Peterborough Currents. I'm Aisha Barmania. This is the final episode of our Budget Week podcast, and to help me wrap up our coverage of the 2021 budget deliberations, I'm here again with Currents co-publisher Will Pearson. Hello. And so today, Will, in, and in this episode, we're going to go over some of the highlights of the City Council meeting on Monday when Council voted to approve the budget documents, which we've been going over in this series. Uh, and before we get into some of the clips that we want to play, I, I just want to say that this was the last City Council meeting of the year, and the budget was just one item on a pretty long agenda, uh, But pretty much, and pretty much all of the amendments to the document had been proposed, debated, and voted on during the Finance Committee meeting at the end of November, which we covered in Episode 5. Uh, there was just one thing uh, added at this council meeting, uh, but there were also 27 citizen delegations that spoke to council about the budget. And uh, to kick us off, well, there was one in particular that you wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, so I want to bring up a delegation that was delivered by Reverend Brad Smith from St. John's Anglican Church on Hunter Street. St. John's runs the One Roof Community Center, which is a, a meal program and a drop-in center for people that are marginalized or homeless uh, in Peterborough, and. Funding for the One Roof Community Center was always kind of baked into the homelessness budget all along, uh, but it only came up at this last city council meeting because throughout November, uh, there were some negotiations going on about what the service agreement would look like in 2021. Um, and basically what was going on in those negotiations was One Roof was trying to secure some extra municipal funding to make up for uh, a drop in its in the fundraising that it's been able to do because of the pandemic. Um Currently, the city funds One Roof, but with uh, $208,000 a year. And the expectation is that they'll deliver one meal per day. Uh, One Roof has been able to fundraise and through its own resources, deliver two meals a day, as well as additional uh, activities, social supports and like a community center. Mm. Um, And so One Roof was trying to get more funding so that during the pandemic, it could continue to offer that enhanced service. Um, it seems like the city wasn't interested in increasing its support, um, and so the recommendation was to, to hold it steady at $208,000, despite the fact that there is you know, increased need, especially for, for food programs right now during the pandemic.
2: The issue of food insecurity is not going away. In fact, as we've already seen in the last six months, the number of community members accessing the meal program at One Roof is increasing as people's financial resources are hit hard by the pandemic. If the city is going to issue a request for proposals for a meal program, it must do so seriously, including in an, a, a credible amount of funding.
1: So that was Brad Smith from from St. John's. Um, one roof had asked for $450,000, so more than double the funding of, right. of, of 2020. Um, they kind of lowered their bid to $375,000 when the city balked at that, but then the city kind of held firm at $208,000. Um so Reverend Smith on on Monday night uh, told city council that he he signed the agreement, even though he didn't feel like it was it was the best thing for the community.
2: When I was informed that our first and revised proposals would not be accepted and that the city would accept a new one-year agreement, I felt compelled to accept the terms. For less than two months left in the current agreement, there wasn't sufficient time to rebuild One Roof Community Center's model. Without the city as a partner, so this was the only way to keep the program alive. Otherwise, all of the community members who rely on us for meals would be left with nothing come the first of January.
1: Right. So he Smith was there on Monday night to ask council to reconsider um, to perhaps up to three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, for example. But yeah. So, but uh, those changes weren't. City council didn't uh, didn't accept that that suggestion from Reverend Smith. Um, so the result is that there's only going to be there's going to continue to be just one meal one meal a day it's going to be takeout it's not going to be a sit-down meal mm-hmm. that's not sit-down meals aren't possible during the pandemic right now anyway but presumably hopefully sometime in 2021 they would be um yeah and there's there's not going to be any social activities uh, unless the church can find more fundraising resources right um it's uh it's too bad i think it's it's that the one new community center is a really important uh hub for some people in the community um, for socializing and just for just for being included in the community so I really yeah. hope that the church is able to find those fundraising dollars to be able to continue to offer that uh, that community space to folks
0: yeah absolutely
1: so the other thing that I noticed in the delegations on Monday night was that there were a lot of youth speaking can you tell me about what the youth were? We're at City Hall to, to talk about, Aisha. Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, so a good chunk of the delegations at the meeting were, were students from local high schools, uh, particularly grade 11 and 12s from uh, Thomas A. Secondary School and Adam Scott. And uh, some of them spoke to housing, but uh, the the majority of them spoke to climate change and wanting to see some more of an investment in, particularly in climate mitigation projects from council. Uh, so I have a little uh, montage of of some of what they had to say.
2: Imagine a world filled with empty bellies and diseases sweeping everyone on the streets. Storms occurring as frequent as snow falling on a cold winter's day. Sea levels rising and rising, flooding cities, like a breaking dam on a river, slowly but dangerously. Boiling hot days forcing people to evacuate their homes. Deadly heat waves occurring without warning. Crops will be dwindling, resulting in 100 more million people to be forced into poverty water is now something that is prized as we are we have very little this is where our future is heading you have the power to make a difference by putting the city's money into climate change action please choose where your money goes wisely as i know nobody wants this to be our future thank you my name is gabriel trozi stamu i am here to speak on the need for new funding towards climate action, as COVID-19 has highlighted the importance for building back better. Currently, there is no money allocated for such new climate mitigation efforts, but rather for things that seek to deal with the effects when they happen, such as flood mitigation, water management during drought, and so on, which are no doubt important, but they don't reduce greenhouse gas emissions. As global temperature averages are set to rise higher than the worst scenario two-degree increase, youth, like myself, will be disproportionately affected by this. I am asking that the council show it is serious about reducing emissions in our city before finalizing the budget.
0: Your Worship and Councillors, thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. My name is Juliette Avery, and I am a grade 11 student from Adam Scott, and I am here today to speak on the lack of money being spent on climate mitigation in Peterborough. I'm not talking about the millions of dollars spent on climate-related action that for the better part would have happened anyway. I'm speaking on the lack of new commitments the city has yet to put in place and the mindset there is facing this crisis. Peterborough has a climate action plan that involves projects that focus specifically to help combat the climate crisis. This is where we need to be investing the better part of our money. We need to make it a priority or at least of bigger importance than a proposed arena that I've heard more talk about then the clim- then climate action.
2: My name is Katrina Jacobs, a grade 11 Indigenous student from Thomas A. Stewart. In a city that prides itself on its efforts to incorporate Indigenous culture on a regular basis, I would I would have expected more climate funds in the 2021 budget. Reconciliation and climate related issues are often seen as separate and under federal jurisdiction. However, this should not stop Peterborough from making advance advancements within the community i hope to see funding towards new climate mitigation efforts within the budget something that is not currently represented thank you for your time
0: those were clips from four of the nine students who spoke on monday uh, that was jasmine barnes gabriel Trozistamu, stamu juliet abriu and katrina jacobs from tass and adam scott secondary uh, and in a few of the presentations, there were uh, specific references to the to Peterborough's climate change action plan and particularly on uh, climate mitigation projects. Uh, and so we did a whole episode on the climate change action plan and uh, what what's included in there. Uh, so if you'd like to know more about that, I'd recommend checking out the uh, roundup of climate projects on our website or the podcast episode where I interview uh, Michael Papadakos. Uh, but all of this, but all of these students who spoke to climate change essentially called on council uh, for greater investment in projects that will reduce greenhouse gas ga, greenhouse gas emissions more quickly. Uh, another citizen spoke on climate change later in the evening, and that was Tricia Clarkson from the Peterborough Alliance on Climate Action. That group had written a letter with four climate mitigation projects that they wanted to see in 2021, three of which are referenced in the budget documents. And those have to do with traffic signal synchronization, anti-idling bylaws, and the installation of electric vehicle charging stations for city vehicles. Here's a bit of uh, what she had to say.
2: These initiatives are a great start on reducing some of the carbon fuel emissions in Peterborough. So on behalf of PACA, we thank you very much for these. However, these initiatives alone will not reduce emissions by 5% annually to meet the IPCC target of 45% by 2030. In order to reach this recommended target, the city has to transition from gas fueled and diesel fueled vehicles to electric city vehicles and e-buses in 2021. E-buses should be purchased in 2021 because it will take one year from the date of purchase to the date of delivery due to the high demand and not enough battery suppliers. So even if the city purchased two e-buses in 2021, they won't be delivered until 2022. That's why they need to be purchased as soon as possible.
0: So that electric bus proposal was the fourth thing that uh, PACA was looking for, and and Clarkson spent much of her time making the case for making that purchase in 2021. Uh, But ultimately, council didn't debate the idea and nothing new was added to the budget with regards to climate
1: change. But there is the alternative fuel study.
0: Yeah, the alternative fuel study is being uh, funded for uh, 2021. And uh, there's a couple other projects, uh, l- like the electric vehicle charging stations for the city fleet, that are that's happening in 2021. Um, so we'll see. So so there is some investment being made on that front.
1: Yeah, I guess what Clexton is just getting at, though, is we, we kind of know what the alternative fuel study will say. It'll say, yes, it's a good thing to transition to electric buses. Here's how Peterborough could do it. And I guess Claxon is saying we might as well start the investments now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, like I said, council didn't uh, debate this at all, but there was one thing that they debated and added. W- what was that, Will?
1: Yeah, so really the big story from this city council meeting is that the budget was basically accepted by city council um, in the same form that they approved it when they were sitting as the finance committee a few weeks earlier. Um, there was one thing that came up in their uh, discussions, though, where a change was made. And that is regarding a capital project on Lansdowne Street, which is kind of like rebuilding Lansdowne Street between Spillsbury and Clonsilla. And this was not funded in, in 2021. It was something that was approved to be funded and built years ago, I think like maybe even five years ago. Uh, and it's just been delayed and delayed and it hasn't been received the funds that it needs to get done. And... A couple of weeks ago, some members of the public addressed city council saying they really wanted to see this project get done because that stretch of Lansdowne uh, is quite dangerous, cars Mm. go quite fast, and I think that uh, by changing the built environment, we, we might be able to make that stretch of the street a little bit safer. And so, and that was brought up again in delegations from the public on Monday night. Um, and so, Councillor Parnell moved for a pre commitment of, of t- money in 2022. So, not this budget, but the next budget mm. um, to start funding this project.
0: So, it's a project that definitely needs to be done. Staff have acknowledged that it is ha- a high priority capital project. And we need to just solidify it and, and give our word to these people that we will have shovels in the ground in 2022 completed at least by 2023 and so that is what I'm asking for please.
1: And Councillor Zippel who is uh, Councillor Parnell's wardmate down in Autonomy Ward um, agreed uh, pointing out that this kind of one of the reasons why this hasn't been built is just the lack of of, of funding in the budget for capital projects.
0: Councillor Parnell uh, mentioned that this has been delayed for many reasons and one of those reasons is As Councilor Riel said, infrastructure funding. And we have had a challenge getting capital dollars into our budget and and making that commitment. And we continue to see the impacts on our community.
1: And so listeners to previous episodes of the Budget Week podcast know that Councilor Zippel had already um, moved that Uh, the increase in the tax rate be increased by a little bit to to fund more capital projects in 2021. So that's something that Zippel is is concerned about. And she did something interesting uh, with this motion to pre-commit funds for this project, which is request a recorded vote, which means that there's a record of who votes what, Mm. which is not always the case. And she said that the reason she did that um, is so that when budget week comes next year, she knows who voted in favor of this project. And so she knows what council she can go to again to say, we need to raise taxes to, um, presumably we need to raise taxes to build this project because pre-committing the funds doesn't find the money in 2022. It just Mm -hmm. commits to spending the money. And so a year from now, city council will need to find how it's going to fund this project. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting and an interesting sort of uh, illustration of, Councillor Zippel's priority to to build infrastructure and to find funding in the tax base to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, not every councillor was on board with pre-committing the money for 2022. Um, councillor Beamer, for example, um, said that as a Northcrest uh, councillor, he was more concerned about getting Shimong Road rebuilt than, mm-hmm. than this stretch of down.
2: And so tonight I'm going to be a Northcrest Ward councillor over the city councillor. And, uh, you know, I do have my eye on Chemong Road. Now, I know North End roads tend to be expensive and controversial. Um, so I'm, I'm well aware Chemong Road is, is a big one. And there was another one we won't mention that was also expensive. But Shamong but Road does need to get done. And, and I'll be honest, Councillor Purnell and Councillor Zippel and Councillor Vassiliats and Councillor Clark, I am just concerned that this will take funds from Chemong Road. Because, uh, you know the North End has been patiently waiting for Shimong Road and there has been some significant road work done in the South End over the past eight years so
1: and that was something that councillor Pappas uh, agreed with saying that considering that the parkway is very un- it's looking very unlikely that that will be built anytime soon mm-hmm. um, Councillor Pappas is also concerned about getting the Shimong Road um, reconstruction built as a sort of north-south corridor.
2: If we're not building the parkway, we're getting a transportation master plan coming at the end of this year. And dollars to donuts, Chemong Road is our north-south corridor. It's got to get done. We all know that. If you don't vote for the parkway, you've got to vote for Shimong Road.
1: And so those two councillors, as well as three other councillors, voted against this plan, but it did pass six to five. And so that money is pre-committed for 2022. Uh, and so that project should be able to get underway. But yeah, other than that, there weren't uh, there weren't any other changes to the budget. Mm-hmm. So if you have been listening to the budget podcast, you are all caught up. Um, <laughs> that's not to say that we covered everything that's in the budget. Um, it's a big document. Uh, we kind of picked out what we thought was the most important to discuss on this podcast. Um, if there's anything that you're curious to learn more about, reach out to us. Um, we can probably help you to find the answers.
0: Mm-hmm. And... W- the budget is something that cross-cuts so much of city life and is, it has impacts on all sorts of different things. We're going to still be referencing this document in our future coverage, even though we're kind of wrapping up our budget week series. Um, so, yeah, please reach out.
1: This was a fun podcast to make. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, feel, I learned a lot. Yeah, I feel like I have been I've been following the budget deliberations each year for a couple of years now. I've never covered them as a journalist, mm-hmm. um, but I, and I feel like Man, that document is hard to to parse. It's hard to understand, and I feel like every year I get a little bit better at it. I feel like this year I've learned a lot more about how the city works, how the budget works. I hope that um, I've translated some of that for our listeners. Um, Yeah, but I think it was a... I felt like this was a good exercise in civic literacy and kind of, yeah, following how this process works.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. It's been really nice to interview a lot of the city officials who don't get into the spotlight very often and just learn about the work that they do, how they do it, and and what's kind of motivating them and what's what's important to them um, with regards to, to this one document. And so we're going to keep up these relationships and keep doing the kind of this kind of civic reporting. What are you
1: Uh, keeping an eye on for next year, Aisha?
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to learn more about um, the Climate Change Action Plan. We've got a report coming uh, in 2021 about how we're doing on our, um, towards reaching the goal of of reduced emissions by 2030. Um, So I'm really looking forward to reading that as well as, uh, so... So one thing I learned in my conversation with Michael Papadakos um, about climate change was that the uh, the kind of spending for, for on climate change action uh, in 2020 was deferred back in March. And so that never actually got really resolved this year. So there's going to be a report coming in uh, the second quarter of next year about how that money is going to be spent. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that money gets, gets meted out um, next year. How about you, Will?
1: Well, something that I think we should update listeners on is the the Rapid Housing Initiative. Mm. Uh, that doesn't really affect the municipal budget too much because it's it's federal money, but there has been an application or city council approved putting in an application for that project on like Monaghan Road for 10 modular housing units for people and families experiencing homelessness.
0: Yeah, that also happened at the city council meeting on Monday, right?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm keen to see whether that application gets approved. Um I think that would be a a a great step forward in providing affordable housing to folks. Um, and yeah, I'm also, I'm just very interested in watching how this issue of funding the infrastructure projects that the backlog of infrastructure projects that the city has gets resolved.
0: Yeah. And I think that's all uh, I think we're going to talk about in this podcast. Uh, maybe we'll do another Budget Week podcast next year, uh, looking at the 2022 budget. The <laughs> next
1: budget will be the last one that this council
0: yeah. does. Um, yeah so maybe we'll be back again next year but uh, thanks so much for listening this year Um, music in this episode comes courtesy of the May Hemingways Uh, thanks for being with me Will on this uh, journey into the budget thank
1: you as well and have a good holiday to you and all of our listeners thanks see ya